Oh my god, guys, I spatchcock a chicken two days ago. So the way you gotta cut the backbone out of the chicken and then like lay it out flat. Did you pound it? No, you can't pound a whole chicken. You can pound you can pound like a single piece of meat. Like a breast. I need an adult. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Mike, Mike. <laughs> you pound bones. Okay. <laughs> mm, I gotcha. Lady. Who are you? Just a housewife who was passing by. <laughs> Perfect. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Full Metal Analysts, a podcast where the free writers analyze each and every episode of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I'm Michelle, and with me here, as always, is Arthur. How are you doing, Arthur? Doing well. And Mike. Well is a deep hole in the ground. Sure. <laughs> it's a safe space for jokes <laughs> also we'd like to welcome back to the show our second ever guest and now our second ever returning guest but she's number one in our hearts welcome back to the show camilla franklin how are you doing camilla hi i'm so happy to be back i'm really really excited Woo! yes we are excited too because this episode this this is a good yeah. one this is yeah. a good one yeah yeah it made me cry oh it made, made you cry, cry. Yeah, yeah, it made me cry. It's not, I'm I'm a crier though. I cry for for almost anything. But I I I, I cry. <laughs> Camilla, did you cry? I I don't cry a lot of stuff. I definitely like I got very choked up <laughs> in a way that I rarely do. That's I what I was. That counts as crying to me. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Of course. I'm not talking about. That. I'm not talking about weeping. Yeah. <laughs> So before we talk about the episode, we have, as always, to do our improvised recap. This is where one of us will do an improvised 21-second recap, and the person who will do the recap will be chosen by a roll of a dice. So the way the dice works is one is me, two is Arthur, three is Mike, and four is Camilla. Let's roll the dice. One. All right. (laughs) Can somebody count me down? Go. The, the the boys go back to Dublin where they meet up their teacher Izumi and they, we have a flashback to when they first learned alchemy and learned about one is all it is one which is basically the circle of life from Lion King but we also learned that Izumi also committed human transmutation because she wanted to bring back her baby and that's why she vomits blood every time and the episode ends with the boys asking for forgiveness for what they did to Izumi who hugs them and it's really nice boom oh wow 22.42 seconds wow. Good. I'm Beautiful. gonna take that as a victory that's really the, good. But the funny thing is, about 21 to 22 seconds is about exactly the time you need. This episode is a great episode because it introduces the greatest character in Fullmetal Alchemist. And obviously, we are talking about Sig, the fifth king. <laughs> I knew you were going there. Sig <laughs> is the fifth king, a, an absolute unit of a man. Just... And he's just a really supportive husband, which is He great. is. He's just a good guy. The scene where he pulls out the umbrella for Izumi after she builds the wall. It's so <laughs> great. It's like, I'm here. Yep, here it is. But Sig is really only supporting character for the real MVP of the episode, which is Izumi. We've been waiting for her for like 11 episodes, and now we finally meet her. And here yeah, she the is. Yeah, series, the series has officially begun. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to talk about that. I'm going to pull out my, my, tri- my, my, uh, my uh, royal flush. I don't play poker. I have a theory, which is, this episode concludes the first story block of Fumero Alchemist, like these 12 episodes. This episode ends with the Eric brothers finally confronting their need. Like we talked about, we theorize that their need is to feel human 
And at the end of this episode, they do the one thing which they haven't really done this so this whole series so far, which is to like confront the fact of what they did and sort of like ask forgiveness. And so that last scene, it's like a chapter just ended. Wow. I, I told you guys it was smart. It was really smart. <laughs> yeah. I think there's no way, there's no way, no how that he's gonna ever gonna get his body back, especially after this episode. Emotionally, I just don't think there's room in the story for for that to ever happen. You You're mean calling it I'm calling it either of them. There's they're not gonna get that's just not that's not what they're gonna get. It's what they want, but it's never gonna happen. Because I just don't see how it's emotionally going to be a satisfying like it's not it just doesn't work. Like I can see them sacrificing their lives. I can see them almost getting it, but then the price is too high or it's too high for someone else, or it's just too selfish, it's too it's not, I, I just, it just doesn't feel right to me. It doesn't feel right that they should ever have that. They've already, they broke a taboo and they, you know, that's just the price that they have to pay for it. Maybe huh, they can find I, humanity in some other way, you know? That's an interesting take. That's how I feel about it. Camilla. Yes. So you asked to be on this episode because you said Izumi is your favorite character. She is my favorite character. And I think I tried to stake a claim on it because I remembered that it was her introduction. Mm -hmm. But returning to it, I was reminded of what a sort of good piece of storytelling it is. I think it's really elegant and tight and it has a beautiful arc. Oh, yeah. It really does. I, I remembered it for like, yeah, Azumi, she's great. But watching it, it hit me a lot harder emotionally because of the way it's structured and the way the story in it is told. I remember you talking that you were like, not as keen on like the one is all, all is one segment, but you were excited for the Izumi really? parts. <laughs> I wonder if that opinion still holds after a second watch. A lot more this time, and I can appreciate what it's doing. I think the lesson that they take away from it is obviously a very important thing character-wise and is very necessary. I do feel a little bit like I, I put circle of life down in my notes too. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's something that I've seen before in other media. And so maybe it is not as exciting and new, but I don't have any animosity towards it as I might have uh, before. Can I come to bat for uh, one is all out as one? Yeah. I had a different interpretation of it. We brought up circle of life and in circle of life, there's that iconic scene where Mufasa is like, we eat the antelope, but at some point we die and we become the grass and the antelope eats the grass. And the thing about that metaphor, that analogy, is that it's a very cutesy way of being like, we're all connected. But in reality, the antelope and the lion are connected. Like if the antelope walks up to the lion and is like, what's up, lion? I'm going to eat you. The lion is like, fuck off. No, you're not. Like they're not actually connected. There's different <laughs> power. Like the, grass, the grass will grow without the lions. Exactly. <laughs> and I feel there is a certain awareness of how much one is all, all is one disguises that power imbalance between humans and alchemy. If you go in assuming, oh, hey, since one is all, all is one, what's up, Earth? Bring back my mom. Earth is going to be like, nope, I have your arm and your leg. And also I took your brother's body because you are nothing compared to the Earth. One is not all and all is not one. It's so different. it's like an it's literally like an antelope trying to eat a lion or yeah, a it is. river flowing backwards or something. I like yeah. that interpretation. And that her yeah. sort of her reluctance to tell them about her past 
Well, while it's not something she's necessarily obligated to disclose, it, it is sort of the hole in their understanding of alchemy that leads them down this path. You know, it felt different from the state alchemy line on alchemy. It felt it felt like she was giving them something that was outside of the formal education of most alchemists. Guess I see what you mean, Michelle, in terms of if you see yourself as part of a whole system, everything is allowed in sort of a giant deist clockwork mechanism uh, that is the universe. The thing that bothered me a little bit, the lesson they learned, which is all is one and one is all, feels different from how they learned it. I would agree that maybe because of the way that segment is told, the eventual lesson feels a little bit more like an epiphany than would be ideal. And right. Like I, more, like I love the lesson. stepping stones between throwing a fish to the foxes into. Yeah. We're all little specks in the universe. Yeah, he just like figures it out. Like they literally animate like a bunch, a circle of life series of boxes <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, like for those I, at home <laughs> and i felt yeah i feel nitpicky yeah i mean there's a world where he ate the ants and then he died because your kid it's a poisonous ant i kind of like this version of zoomy and the conversation that she has with her husband like uh you sure they're okay and it's like they'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> there's plenty of ants there's, there's <laughs> it also leads us to to the best part of the whole island sequence, which is the old timey cartoon gag where Al turns into a piece of meat. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Who here has ever acted on that? That feeling when you're so hungry that your brother turns into a little piece of meat and you try to chew on his arm. <laughs> and you leave yeah. a and you leave there. a mark. And you leave a mark on his talk. arm. <laughs> We're going to have to talk about this for the rest of our lives. Ants <laughs> turning into truffles. That's an, that's actually a new one. <laughs> yeah. That's a new one. Well, my favorite scene is the first scene where Izumi's teaching them about alchemy. She's kind of given the answers that Mike was wondering about a while back. But in the visual level, it's just showing how much there's a discrepancy between them. They're like, she is literally reading a book and not looking at them, and she can still dodge all the, their attacks. And she is the circle, because all is one. And that maybe when you commit taboo, the truth kind of makes you part of the circle. I mean, they saw everything, right? He went through the door. They literally, he literally was exposed to all knowledge, right? Just for a second. Yeah. Sounds painful. Do you want to go through that now, Mike? <laughs> I have an MFA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my, my head is fit to burst already. That's pretty much all I can handle. <laughs> <laughs> and seeing, seeing the truth is, is treated as appropriately horrifying to oh, everyone who, who yeah. does it. And I think while neither Ed nor Izumi is happy to discover that the other one has been through the same thing, there is a sort of like reassurance in realizing that they're not alone and they in fact know someone who has shared this. Like that's got to be an incredible relief in a, in a very bittersweet way. And I think the end of the episode... You feel it so acutely. And yet she has no desire for She literally says, I have no desire to look for an, a, a philosopher's, philosopher's stone. stone. Yeah, she has no desire at all. She has completely different takeaway from it. She got close to it and decided, okay, that was a bad idea. Whereas they're just leaning further into it. Izumi's punishment is almost always played for laughs, at least in this episode. Like, <laughs> she's missing internal... Yeah, yeah, it's like she's missing internal organs. But the most you get out of that is like, oh, every now and then she vomits a, a very, a very terrifying amount of blood. Which <laughs> if there's, yeah, if, if there's a moment in this show that defines me, 
it's like what do you mean i'm feeling fine block <laughs> her introduction at the very top of the episode is like eight comedic swerves one after another just seconds apart it is a wild a like wild that. character introduction that that tells you so much about her and is totally overwhelming in the way that i think the character is meant to be it's also a very interesting directing choice i was editing last episode before this and i heard mike say that izumi looked like one of the homunculus and that's why he was interested mike you were wrong about that but very wrong yeah, you? So wrong. <laughs> but the wrong. thing that's interesting to me is that when izumi first shows up the way she is framed is exactly the same as hi there michelle from the future here playful digital bugs have affected our audio quality please stay seated and enjoy the rest of the episode with minor background noises thank you for your understanding our regular audio quality will return in the next episode enjoy the show is framed is exactly the same as Goodney. hmm yeah that's a cool moment and speaking of how she looks i wanted to briefly talk about her sandals uh are they they say wc on them is that like bathroom like are they bathroom sandals i don't know i think so i think it's sort of like indoor indoor sort of domestic just house sandals which is kind of in keeping with her professed because uh, like, like I know, insistence like, on being in a housewife are, like labeled wc sometimes the the housewife running bit um, I mm-hmm. think this is the first time it appears, but her her in sort of introducing herself as a housewife is something that pops up a lot with the character. And when I was reading it as a kid, I was always kind of ambivalent about it because it felt like it was the gender politics of it felt weird to me in a way that I couldn't quite put my finger on. And I wasn't sure if it was meant to be a joke or not. I have a new take on it that I want to pitch. I'm proud of it, but I'm not 100% sure. So I just wanted to get people's thoughts. Mm-hmm. Her always choosing to introduce herself as a housewife first, her great pride in being a housewife is maybe tied to the fact that she, despite losing a child, has really been able to create a family with with Sig mm. and by having Ed and Al in her life as children in that way. And mm-hmm. so it's almost like a declaration of like, hi, you thought I couldn't have a family universe? Well, look at me. Right. Like, um, this is actually how I define myself first, not like a fighter or uh, or a state alchemist or anything like that. I think she's the first alchemist that we've met who is not a state alchemist. Well, Scar. Well, other than Scar. Besides yeah. Scar, yeah. Yeah. Well, but, but who is also, like, good. <laughs> I just got to say, before we move on, huge props to Christine Auten. I don't know if that's how you say her name, but Christine has an amazing performance in this episode as Izumi. Yes, I'm I'm a dub guy now. You all won. <laughs> Congratulations. Yes. How nice is it too? I know we're trying to wrap this up, but when they're at the dinner table and Ed and Al talk about what happened in the last episode because it was a great story. <laughs> yeah. That's just like a nice continuity. And then it played into the actual plot of this episode, just the act of telling the story. Yeah, just you know good, what? Good actually, continuity. We were kind of hard on last week's episode as feeling really fillery and not having to do with anything and it's mm. like okay a baby's born oh like, you're all very wrong but yeah, yeah I think maybe you know what i i think i think our opinion was validated because when they recounted the story i was like wow that's a really interesting story that's all i needed 
I didn't <laughs> need to watch that story happen. Yeah, I, I I did think it was cool that they brought it back and then it related to Izumi's thing. To preface this, I have not gone back and watched it for a long time, mm. but I I think it's so informative about Winry's character and her relationship with the brothers. I think it sets in really interesting relief the sort of medical engineering of automail and medicine as opposed to alchemy and the idea of what the limitations and strengths of each craft are that hammers in this theme of the brothers trying really hard not to be a burden on the people around them, particularly Winry, and how in trying so hard to not weigh on people, they cause them a lot of stress and that that's something Winry's been dealing with a lot. I think it sets up the ways that she's going to grow and develop in the future. Um, we, got it. We, got it. we got it so wrong. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we got it so wrong. Well, this is the, this is why we like uh, I agree. Yes, you know, that, that stuff that stuff is there. I what just... if we're just yeah. three dudes? Yeah, I, I can't I can't vouch for the episode as a whole and and how it holds up, but I I would say it's one that I remember fondly for the things that are strong about it, and I've probably blocked out the things that don't work as much. So, does anyone else have any notes about the episode? Anything else they want to say? Uh, yeah, his dad. We haven't talked about that. Right? Is, is oh that my the God. first time that oh. we saw his dad? Hohenheim. Yeah. Hohenheim. I can tell he's a, he's not a good person. I can tell he's bad, but I I think he's pretty cool. You can tell him <laughs> what? He just looks cool. He looks cool. I think, he, I think you like him, Mike, because he looks like a cool anime blonde version of you. <laughs> if i know what if i were like fifteen thousand percent cooler and more blonde i would look just like him yeah i agree right <laughs> I mean, I, i'm is... imagining mike with a beard and pretty accurate statement you know it's quarantine me <laughs> you do share the same glasses we do <laughs> he's so cool and ponytail i don't know if you have a ponytail right now wait mike doesn't have a ponytail but no, he did when I first I... met him, and in my mind, he always does. I do have to say, I find the whole, like, because he left, mom died thing is very funny. It's like, mm. <laughs> Yeah, that's dubious. May <laughs> like, he maybe, just left. <laughs> maybe in your brain. <laughs> How did she die? Did Was she, oh my god, did she, like, clean that closet too long or something? Or <laughs> <laughs> you, ever, you ever just clean to death? Clean the house to death? I, me, no, but I've seen it. I've heard about it. <laughs> She died of an illness. Yeah, plague. Oh, plague, plague. I remember when I first watched Full Metal Alchemist, I was like, they have a dad? I forgot. Because <laughs> they never... Yeah, sort of a casually dropped bombshell. I mean, I can see how they resent their dad if it's... Yeah. Even if they don't think that he caused their mother's death. It's like, because he was gone, she died alone. They were left alone with only yeah there was nobody no there. parents because he was gone and then he, she he died and he never he never came back after he never she writes died. he never calls he never he never visits casually but you know we all become our fathers you know they left i mean they're doing exactly what he did. they're back. becoming state alchemists who are obsessed with looking for the the, the stone the philosopher's stone just like him but is know. it ever said that he was a state alchemist i i just assumed i just assumed and speaking of assumptions mike hmm you know what time it is? My favorite time. Yes, it's time for everybody's favorite segment, Mikey at the Bat. There's like 10 bugs that are lined up with my name on them. <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> bu eating bugs, right? <laughs> oh, on, yeah. 
I'm going to like figure stuff out after I eat these bugs. Yeah. yeah, you're going to learn some secrets of the universe. So maybe it'll be a learning experience for Mike and entertaining for the rest of us. You eat a bug and it's just like, oh, your eyes start glowing. <laughs> you see the secrets of the universe. This is the moment in the podcast where Mike has to guess what happens in the next episode using only the next episode's title. I can see and- 5G. <laughs> <laughs> and your title this week, Mike, is Beasts of Dublin. Okay, so there's there's going to be some kind of monster in town and... Uh going to be too much for their teacher their teacher's going to be like i got it you know don't worry and, and they're not going to be able to handle it and then they're going to come in and and either that or the other way around they're not going to be able to handle it and their teacher's going to have to save them that could happen too um there's going to be some kind of switcheroo a reversal somewhere around the midpoint <laughs> and then uh ultimately a satisfying <laughs> emotional ending <laughs> you can't predict things based on story <laughs> conventions <laughs> there's gonna be a first act a second act and well, a third act and those beasts of Dublin will definitely be chimera can you guys do a, a werewolves of london parody oh I, you know camilla i was just ruminating on that over oh, here oh good 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 <laughs> Beasts of Dublin. Hey, it's really funny objectively. I'll if you don't believe me, I'll like edit together a good version as proof. I will I will Please uh, do. make a stand on this hill. Don't worry, I will do so right now. Hello. I am the parody robot. Unfortunately, your host was just too busy to do this. So he sent me. Sorry. Anyway. Back to the show. Wow, that sounds great, Michelle. I can't believe you really edited that whole thing together. What a great song you made. And he did it in no time at all. It's now time for us to grade this episode. And I'm going to get started and I'm going to give it four out of five. Um, great character introduction. Great character altogether. Um, and I'm just, it, like I said, it feels like a, a conclusion to a chapter. And I can't wait to read the next chapter. I'm getting a five. What the heck? You know, it's just a good one. It's got philosophy. It's got teacher. Uh, she's such a good character. There's a lot of just funny moments. It was kind of one of the funniest episodes we saw. Uh, the part that made me cry was them hugging Izumi at the end and just saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So for that reason, it's a it's a five out of five for me. I'm going to give it a five out of five. Hands down, I think it's one of my favorite episodes so far. I think it was really good. I, I, I like, I kind of agree that the that the whole um, Camilla's point, the all is one, one is all kind of feels separate from the, the, the real hooks that get you in this episode that really, that really matter. But it's still, that could have been its own episode, I, I, I think maybe. But, but the fact that it, it kind of, for me, fits right in there with the philosophy of, of this whole moment you know what i mean like this whole theme and i thought it was pretty cool that they snuck they snuck that in and it was interesting and and cool and emotional all at once i think it's five out of five for sure i'm hopping on that five out of five train i love this episode y'all gonna make me look bad i'm the only one who gave Um, a four it's too late the whole thing it's it's like the whole series so far ed and al put so much effort into trying not to seem like a burden or trying not to show weakness for fear of the emotional reaction or, or getting pity. And they spend this whole episode trying to do that. And Azumi is doing it just as much where they're just not confiding in each other. 
and just the moment of, of sort of healing at the end where they bond through the recognition of shared hardship is such a lovely character moment for everyone. It feels like such a beautiful culmination of what has happened in this series so far and within the episode. It's, it's just a, it's such, it's a perfect episode. I, I don't care about the island stuff, but it's perfect. Now it's time for... What did we learn? Uh, this week, we learned that if you see a giant ham, it's probably not real. Um, and I think... I think Hold that, like, if you think about it for, like, more than two seconds, giant hams don't exist, even. And also, little tiny chocolates, they don't travel in lines or in any other way. I don't know about that. That could be <laughs> you guys... yeah, Have you seen the Factory episode of I Love Lucy? Oh, oh I stand right. I stand it was about ants. Can we shoot? I think we should post on Twitter an edited photo of that scene from the episode, from the I Love Lucy episode, but it's Ed and Al taking the chocolates. No, you should have Lucy going, I think I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> If I die, Ethel's going to eat me. But if Ethel dies, I'm going to eat Ethel. (laughs) Ricky, I get it. (laughs) Baba Louie. (laughs) Lucy, you got some transmutation to do. (laughs) We've entirely exhausted my knowledge of I Love Lucy. (laughs) (laughs) So if you want to know how not to see a giant ham instead of your brother, then follow us on Twitter at FM Analysts. That's FM Analysts. And also, please don't forget to subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. And if possible, leave us a review. Those really help. Yeah. And if you do disagree with us or agree with us enthusiastically, we'd love to hear from you. So find us on Twitter and and argue with us and we'll call us out. Yeah. Like and we, you know, we'll talk about it on the show. We'll talk about how you're wrong because you're an antelope and we're the lion. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll take your opinion and. Uh, the, all three of us gang up on it on a public forum. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. But no, we, we really want to hear from you. Camilla, again, thank you so much for coming back. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Do you have anything you want to plug? Yeah, I. you can find me on Instagram at Camillastrator. That's Camilla and Illustrator mushed together. That's where my art lives. That'll be all for now, folks. We'll see you next time on Full Metal Analysts. Until then, stay frosty. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. I saw a chimera with an Amestris menu in his hand Walking through the streets of Dublin in the rain He was looking for a place called the Six Meat Shop Gonna get a big dish of beef chow mein I didn't have to translate that lyric Awoo, beast of Dublin Awoo, something, I, I don't know the song Sweet home Alabama. Ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba.